Welcome back, y'all, to episode five of Feed Me Your Construction Content. I am the saucy, spicy Carolyn McMahon. <laughs> I love to mess with him. <laughs> He's, he doesn't even know his name right now. I don't even know what to say after that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I'm Joshua McMahon. Yes. Vanilla. It's totally vanilla. <laughs> Can't even get any sprinkles with this dude. <laughs> well, welcome back. It is good to be back on on the mics another week. This episode comes from Mr. Tom Harris out of Richmond, Virginia. I had a great conversation with him earlier in the day discussing his love for the podcast and what he'd like to hear next on the show. With the potential for an economic downturn, interest rates higher, Builders not selling as many homes and things looking a little rocky in the future. Tom's interested in what we can do as, as builders and, and trades in the construction industry to thrive during a downturn economy. The easiest way for us to answer this question is more to share what we plan to do during this slowdown. I'm working hard to level up my team. Each individual on my team, I'm giving more time and more investment to ensure they're getting the the touch points they need, the training they need, the lessons learned to really help them grow in their individual business within the business. Okay. So then you're using the, I mean, what are you saying? Because you're not bu- as busy now? To some extent, right? So we, we're still busy today but you're not selling as many homes. So you know, there's going to be a shortfall. There's going to be a lag in your cycle. I gotcha. Right. So you, you should be building homes, say three cycles a year, right? So you'd have three cycles of homes being built and you're going to, we're going to miss one cycle. So how do you fill that cycle? Okay. So you're, you're, you're planning for the lack of productivity, the lack of, um, you know, new starts and things. So you're going to try to focus on um, improving for when things do come back online. You nailed it. That's okay. exactly right. Okay. I think there's no better time to invest in your people in investing in training than when you're staring, you know, down something bad. So what kind of training um, would you suggest? Oh, some of them. What I do is I take the book and I smack them upside the head with it. <laughs> Well, or you could um, suggest them sleeping with it. So maybe <laughs> through osmosis or, or something that they can, um, I don't know, glean the contents of the book. No, you know what I'm doing is I do a weekly check-in with each member on the team. We we set to-dos in each weekly check-in. I gauge their where their head's at, where their headspace is. I task them with maybe watching a a YouTube video on, you know, some kind of coaching video or, or something I see value in over the last month, we've spent time really diving into their daily routine. I'll tell you this, this is funny in a way. I convinced these guys to micromanage their own day into 15 minute increments. And what they came back with was how they had more time during the day than they thought they had. 
and they're actually getting more done now after they realized it than they were before and they and they're they're having more time to to do the things that they want to do. So then it's recognizing, right, that you've got the time, but then I would think it's twofold. It's okay, well, what if they don't care if they've got extra time? I mean, so you hopefully you've got the right people on your staff that, you know, want to improve their productivity, right? Well, that, listen, that's that's the reality. You're already starting to see layoffs happening. Northern Virginia, I saw layoffs starting a week ago. The reality is setting in. So that's why I say there's no better time than now to start investing in your team, to investing in yourself. So my my approach to it is, you know, hopefully we don't get to that point where we have to make those tough decisions because there's no worse day than having to make that decision. If we did have to make that decision, I'd like to think that the the one to three months of time that we really invest in our people, that they get benefit from it. So if they did have to take a job somewhere else, that they land on their feet and they're rocking and rolling. Well, and you know, and maybe you can, you know, bring them back. You you can bring them back. You know, we went through this right in two thousand seven, eight, nine, <laughs> ten. How it felt like forever. It was like a generation. It was ridiculous. Well, right. And you know, it's like you just you don't remember the pain. And I think everybody should remember um what it felt like um to see colleagues leave, um, businesses drop off. I and mean, the reality is you lose a customer, you may lose the employee that was managing that account. You know, it happened mm. uh where I was. Um, you know, I've said on a previous episode that I was in that pool you know, kind of like, you know, the company has to make a hard decision and it's either you or this guy and, you know, being stacked up against someone else, um, you know, your attributes, your skills, whatever. And, you know, thankfully um, I was left standing, which, you know, allowed me to be where I am today. So I'm, I'm grateful. Um, I'm, I'm not so happy that either God lost his job, but he's doing great. He's doing good things now. But, um, you know, it's, it's funny to me because the, I felt it more years later, you know, when all of it was going down 2007, eight, 2011 was the worst fiscal year for me personally. Um, and so it's like it, it happened, but it takes years to feel it, right? Your backlog depletes, um, things are really slow. Um, you know, Josh and I talk about this and it, you know, pisses me off to a point where when everything is great, it doesn't matter if you're throwing money all over the place, mistakes are being, you know, made, no one cares. And it's like, you know, okay, I get that you're profitable, but how much more profitable could you be if you had your house in order? Yes, that, and that's exactly right. And I was on that side of being laid off. I was one of the last people to be laid off at the company. And then when I was laid off, then the vice president of construction was doing my job. So that tells you you know, how bad things got. And ultimately that company folded They're, They no longer exist. And I think for me during that time, I was young. I knew everything, of course, and I was ruling the construction industry world. That's a little bit of sarcasm because I had no idea what I was doing, although I thought I did. <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot of difference between, you know, knowing how to do something as far as, you know, skill and installing, you know, cabinets and doing a remodel to how to run your own business. Oh, right there it's it's night and day <laughs> it's 
it was the best lessons of my career, though, because I had to figure out how to hustle. I was always hungry. That was never the problem. But I had to really learn how to hustle, too. So I had a painter at that time who said, don't look at a job in terms of I'm going to make $400. I'm going to make $1,000. He said, look at it in terms of you're going to make enough money to make your car payment. You're going to make enough money to make the mortgage payment. And then start thinking three months in advance. I'm making my payments for you know, two months from now. And once you get that buffer, you take that pressure and that stress off of you. Those were the things that really drove and helped me. And, and being a subcontractor made me who I am today. And, and now I'm, I'm really focused on coaching trade partners or, or subcontractors into trade partners, coaching superintendents into project managers and construction managers and, and just leveling up their game. And I don't worry about what if I invest all this training in them and they leave? What a stupid concern, right? I'm, I've invested in people five, six years ago that are now with top builders that still call me today asking me questions about different situations they're in. I'm still getting value from the, the stuff I gave those guys. Right. And our market is still small, right? So, I mean, you, you just add those people to your network. Yeah. The, the industry is small. So it's not just our network, our network of, you know, Richmond, Virginia, but it's the entire construction industry is small. Like we have friends in our network that are in Pennsylvania, Washington State, Arizona. This industry is small and a lot of people are out there ready to help. And I want to go back. Like, I think the key to thriving in this downturn is leveling up your people. And sometimes we think of leveling up as I'm going to go upgrade like the NBA draft, we're going to go in the in the uh, the draft, and we're going to level up, and we're going to get this next this next kid or or this next player that's been playing for five years, and we're going to snag them up. If it was that easy, recruiters wouldn't be out of a job. It is not that easy to go find people, and it's not that easy to find people that fit your culture. So then, are you just trying to, I mean, work with what you got? Yes, take what you have and make it better. And if you if you have people on your team, this this is the best time, right? Because the people on your team who are hungry, humble, and smart, they're driven. They want to do more. They want to learn more. Those individuals sense the pressure of the market. They're jonesing for more information. They're going to learn, and they're going to grow with you, and they're going to help you get through this downturn. The people on the other side who are complacent, Waiting for Friday, waiting to collect that paycheck, bad attitude, talking behind everybody's back. I resemble that, Josh. Oh, I I didn't think you could hear me. (laughs) 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 The sauciness. (laughs) Those individuals, I hate to say it, but... Well, they're not doing your business any favors, right? No, they're not doing you any favors, but it's also... It's hard to lay people off, but it becomes very easy when you're you're holding this sign or this billboard saying, hey, pick me, right? It's like, wake up. You know, but I think it could also be seen in a, in a different way. Maybe those folks who have not been tasked to do extra, right? And, and now is their chance. I mean, I, I work with, with folks who could do more, but aren't asked. Now, uh, yes, they could ask for more work. 
for sure. But it's like, you know, they're not empowered to or say, you know what, I'm going to take this on and I'm going to, you know, spearhead this project. I think it allows them then to be in the limelight a little bit. This is their opportunity to do that. I I mean, what better time? Oh, this is the perfect time to raise your hand and ask for that other project. Ask what you can do to help. Well, yeah, because if you don't read the signs, I mean, you you could be that that person that unfortunately is rift. I mean, it's never happened to me. It's it's happened to um, you know some of my current coworkers who are thankfully back, um, you know, at the business. But you know, it happened to them, and it, you know, it was terrible. And then you're thinking, gosh, I'm this, you know, maybe not executive, but I'm this professional person, and now I'm delivering pizzas. I mean, hats off to you for you know, hustling to get it done. I would do it. Josh and I would do it in a second. I mean, we've had two and three and four jobs before. And um, again, I think that's, you know, character driven, right? Um, You know, to get it done. But um, when you say level up, I, I think that that's, it's an opportunity. Well, the leveling up, just to break it down a little further. So what am I doing to level up? Right? Me personally, so I earned my master's degree in 2021. We'll pay it Go off. Go Tigers. That's right. <laughs> so earned my master's degree in construction management. I read all of the time. More than just read, I'm, I'm able to apply what I'm learning in the books in real time. And I'm, I'm passing that along to the people around me to coach them up and give them those skills. And even coaching up my bosses, right? And this is not BS. He... He really does read all the time. Carolyn hates it when Amazon comes and my name's on it because she's trying to figure out what book I just bought. Jesus, you know, could you read the other 45 books that we have before you order a new one? (laughs) So I do a lot of reading, um, (laughs) which I was not a big reader growing up. So that's that's the irony of that. Yeah. Besides that, you know, bathroom time reading, right? Yes. This is a PG podcast. It is, but come on, dudes, <laughs> read on the toilet. He's got that was, that, that was an uncomfortable pause. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what else am I doing? Coaching. I invested in, in an executive coach for myself, which drastically improved my business and the way that I looked at things and the way that I saw problems before quickly become opportunities and not problems. So coaching, books, the networking piece is huge for me to level up. When I say, you know, network across the country, even across the world, I get stumped on problems and I reach out to somebody. I mean, I've reached out to Brad in Pennsylvania and asked him questions on how to solve problems because of the positions he's held in the past. And that's the strength of of LinkedIn and social media and putting yourself out there and, and just really getting that back tenfold. So those individuals have helped me level up. And so then you can apply those things to your your team now. Oh, absolutely. We're 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 applying all that stuff. I mean, the daily routine thing was a was an eye opener one. <laughs> and and you know, they went kicking and screaming, right? I don't think you had many folks that were just dying to do this exercise. No. It, not one person said, oh, I can't wait to do this one. In fact, <laughs> when I told the boss man, hey, this is what I'm going to do, he said, and I quote, I got to see this shit show in action. I'm like, come on. 
And he told me today, this is four weeks later, that to see the optimism in this team and how they're responding to some of the stuff I'm giving them is just taking his breath away. It's like we're we're just changing the way we do business. We're changing our entire we're changing our entire brand. So then what is your advice for those that are, you know, leveling up this team, right? What do you do for those that aren't willing to be along for the ride? The ones not willing to be along for the ride, those people will weed themselves out. So you won't necessarily need to fire them. Will they organically? I, th- I think organically they the leave. If you've got a 10 person team and eight people are leveling up, raising their minimum standards and they're producing at a higher level, their attitude is good. Their morale is good. The culture's improving. The people who are not on board with that, they'll feel that pressure from their peers. I don't have to do anything. The boss doesn't have to do anything, right? Because positivity is contagious just as much as negativity and those other things. Sure. But that positivity far outweighs that negativity. But that's an interesting point You that, that you won't necessarily need to fire them. They'll, they'll leave on their own. Maybe you hope, yeah. right? Well, <laughs> look, some, some people, some people need a nudge and, and some people, let's, let's be honest about this part. Some people are just scared, right? They don't, they don't know what to do. And I think most managers are afraid to have that kind of candid conversation with them. I've had that conversation with people and said, I don't think this industry is for you. And did those folks get offensive? Like, were they, I mean, they're like, what do you mean? Well, yeah, I mean, some of them, some of them get offended and saying, well, what do you mean? This is not for me. It's like, well, listen, you know, we're, we're tracking different metrics and, and this is what we're seeing. This is what we're seeing in your customer surveys. This is what we're seeing in the productivity. This is what we're hearing from your trade partners and your suppliers and the county inspectors. Like, it's not my opinion. It's it's what's going on in the field. And so one of two things happen. They they say, I want to be in this business. What can I do to be better? Help me level up. Help me be an active part of this business. Or they say, you know, maybe this is not for me. I mean, I've, I've had people say, you know, you're, you're right. It's not. And I'm like, and that's okay. What would you like to do? See, this is where I want to flip the script on the game. Why are we so worried about people leaving our business? If you're not right for my business or my business isn't right for you, I'm going to give him a hard time, him or her a hard time for leaving the business? No, I want to help them leave the business so they land on their feet and they're good and they're happy and they've got the job that they want and their family's happy. It doesn't have to be cold. It doesn't always have to be transactional. Well, I think it's tough too for those that have been in the business for a long time. And, you know, I think shame on management in some aspects um, for it, you know, to get this bad, right. Or to be in this type of market that then you focus on things and it's not really fair to that employee that, you know, they've been doing the status quo and they've been getting their annual reviews and everything's been great. They've been, you know, hitting these previous metrics and then now they're no longer good. Well, I mean, they weren't good to begin with, and now you've got the time to focus on them. So, again, I think that just goes back to we always need to be focusing on profit 
and process, no matter if we are stupid busy or if we're slow. Well, I think it's not focusing simply on profit or process. It's it's focusing on improvement. Like one of my favorite things to ask the, a team or anybody is, what do you hate to do on a daily basis? Hate's a strong word, right? But how many people out there listening have something that they do every day that they absolutely hate doing? If you could drop that out today, your day would drastically improve. How many bosses ask you that question? And here's why I ask the question, because one, we might not need to do it. Sometimes we're just doing things because we've always done it. Jeez, that just uh, that completely rings home for me, you know, stepping into this new position. Um, and we were just following the footsteps of our predecessors, not really knowing uh, any different. And, you know, we, we have a lot of paper. Sorry, trees. Uh, but just the the amount of CYA that we do. And, you know, I was talking to my design coordinator and was like, look, why is this necessary? Is, is there some reason, you know, some magic bullet that I just don't understand? Why are we so concerned with covering our asses that we've got to put a piece of paper in a folder that says we gave someone else a copy on another day? I was like, this is this is insane. I said, because at the end of the day, if someone's missing paperwork, you're still going to send it. And what, you're going to be an a-hole on the way out and said, well, I sent it to you and I put it in your box on this day. (laughs) So, okay, great. You feel better about it. I still need the information. So it's like all of this wasted effort and just how amazing that feels. And actually, I just followed up with her today and I'm like, has this been helping? And she's like, you know, it's this little bitty change. And and it means so much that I don't have to do this. Oh, so you, you got rid of it. I got rid of it because I'm empowered to do it. Yeah, that's right. And so, I mean, and, and people, this is just about paperwork. But, I mean, talk about a waste of time. A waste of time. But we, your company was, in a sense, driving that individual away. Because what happens is that recruiter's lurking, right? And, you, and your people are lurking on, on LinkedIn, right? They're not sharing content or liking posts, but they're there. They're watching in, in the Luke Hills of the world and the Jenny Hayes and these recruiters. They're watching. And the moment they smell blood. <laughs> Sorry, Luke. Sorry. They are pouncing. <laughs> <laughs> he just called you a shark. Listen, that's the game. And then people are surprised when their people leave. No, you knew they were leaving. You just didn't take time to pay attention to it. (laughs) Ask your people what they can do to make it better. How do you improve the business? Because if you improve the business, you improve the profit. It's a byproduct. Profit is a byproduct of improving your process and your system and your people. I like it. I dig it. I think we cut touchdown more than what we intended to. We've got some other points on how to thrive in a downturn, and we wanted to save that for upcoming episodes. But I wanted to recap. The most important thing for me right now is leveling up my people, leveling up myself, you know, and improving who I am and how I come to the job every day. That's the most important thing right now today. Because my attitude and my passion is contagious when it's when it's used correctly. 
and I can drive some trade partners and I can really pump up our customers when we need to. Right. Because the reverse is also true, right? The reverse is not good. It's not good. If you come to work, you know, despondent and and boohoo and woe is me, it catches on. Yes, very quickly. So for me, the podcast is a big deal because it forces us to put an outline together. It forces us to study. It forces us to think about what we want to talk about and put it out in the world. Reading the books drastically improves what I'm doing because then I can share more content with you. I can share that content with, with the team. I can share that content on LinkedIn for anyone who who reads uh, my, <laughs> my chicken scratch. It's pretty bad, folks. It's bad. But I think if, if you catch somebody, right, you know, in your audience and someone wants to listen, that's a win. It's a victory, I think. Just one person. That's Look, that's the goal, right? My, my tagline on LinkedIn is uh, what focusing on 1% improvement every day. That's what I want to do. 1% improvement. So how can I do make 1% improvement every day? And, and that's what the goal is in this. Thanks so much for listening. We hope that you subscribe to the show. Give us a five-star review and tune in next week. Cheerio. <laughs> <laughs>